What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Blockhash Exploring the Blockchain, episode 349. Today, we're going to be talking about Ripple XRP, just you and I, going into all the details on what has happened, what it means for the crypto industry, and the future of Ripple XRP. This is a very important watershed moment, and we're going to dive into that today. Before we do, quick message from our sponsors, BNFT and Nitro Betting. BNFT is a groundbreaking platform that combines the unstoppable force of blockchain technology and the limitless potential of artificial intelligence AI to revolutionize personalized learning and earning and earning experiences. BNFT leverages AI to create immersive educational environments for collaboration and utilizes DeFi to transcend traditional e-learning experiences. You can also earn exclusive certificates and showcase your achievements with a unique NFTs. That's right, unique NFTs. Learn more by going to bnft.solutions and their social media channels. Links in the description below. Nitro betting. So Nitro betting, one of my favorites, is a top Bitcoin and crypto betting site that allows you to place bets in casino games, sports books, racing, gaming, you name it. It's your money. You should be able to have fun with it outside of traditional investing and do what you want with your crypto. So check out all the action at nitrobetting.eu. All links, again, are in the description below. All right, so let's dive into it. So um, I want to talk about what Ripple is exactly to in XRP and what it's meant for, um, for those in the audience that might not know. But before we do, I want to highlight exactly what has happened. So um, in short, Ripple Labs was sued by the SEC. The SEC um, decided that they believed that Ripple was offering an unregistered security uh, that they were giving it to retails and unregistered security and something needed to be done about it. And then just last week, um, U.S. Uh, New York uh, judge, District of New York judge, Annalisa Torres, uh, ruled uh, partially in Ripple's favor that XRP in and of itself is not a security uh, by nature. And that also offerings to retail through other custodians like exchanges, especially, does not also make XRP a security or constitute an investment contract. That is a huge win, not just for Ripple XRP, but for the whole industry. And now carrying forward with that, the judge has also ruled that Ripple and the SEC should schedule a settlement conference to put this to an end once and for all. So I'm going to quickly read through this just to give you some context and we'll talk about it. So in the ongoing legal battle between Ripple Labs and the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission, a district judge Annalisa Torres referred to the case to Magistrate Judge Sarah Netburn for general pretrial, including the crucial aspects of scheduling discovery, non-dispositive pretrial motions, and settlement. The general pretrial refers to a pretrial hearing where the attorneys representing uh, the plaintiff and defendants work together to establish the relevant facts, issues, and applicable, applicable laws that will be presented during the subsequent court trial. Shortly after that, Judge Netburn ordered both parties to agree on three mutually convenient dates to schedule a settlement conference if they believe it to be productive at this time. In other words, if the SEC wants to appeal, they could do so and they could avoid settlement, but I believe they will want to settle on this issue. Uh, the judge recommends scheduling a settlement conference six to eight weeks beforehand due to the court's busy schedule, as first reported by Fox Business journalist Eleanor Tourette. So is there a settlement ahead? I think so. So Judge Netburn's directive is significant, and it indicates a potential opportunity for both parties to engage in productive discussions and explore the possibility of a settlement. However, it is important to note that the judge's decision does not guarantee an imminent resolution to the case, 
As clarified by legal experts, the parties must first decide if, the, if they believe a settlement conference would be productive at this stage. For Ripple, absolutely. For the SEC, that's what they really got away. And I think it's in their best decision to end this. Um, it will have to be scheduled six to eight weeks in advance of the desired date due to the court's busy schedule. Uh, the SEC will explore settlement possibilities and the decision ultimately rests with the involved parties. So that that is what is going on at the moment. Um, a lot of talk on settlement, what that's going to mean. Is this going to put it to rest? Is the SEC going to appeal? Are they going to continue the battle in court to go after Ripple? Spending U.S. taxpayer dollars on an endeavor that we don't care about. Remarkably, Judge Netburn has been engaged in the case since its inception, and she rendered a crucial ruling in favor of Ripple against the SEC in a significant development. Judge Netburn also issued an order compelling the SEC to relinquish highly contentious Hinman documents, which encompassed the draft versions of William Hinman's speech delivered June 14, 2018. Now, the reason why they did that is because in these documents, these emails internally, as well as about the speech that he gave, he talked about Ethereum and other crypto tokens and whether or not they were security. In fact, he even leaned towards saying that he did not believe they were securities, showing a lot of conflict of interest, a lot of miscommunication within the SEC agency itself, which I think in the end also led, it, led a lot of credence to XRP winning this case. Um, and... Well, I'm going to back out of this real quick. Bear with me. So I want to pull up the effect this has had. Stop screen sharing, screen share. Uh, this one. As a result of that, XRP has, in a way, unseated Bitcoin as the most traded crypto asset, demonstrating a really, really high confidence in XRP and has been massively relisted on exchanges almost instantaneously instantaneously the next day. So tides are shifting in the crypto market as of late. According to the article, frenzy trading has pushed XRP to garner trading volumes higher than those of even Bitcoin, otherwise leading the pack in trading volume, all due to Ripple's legal win against the SEC. XRP has flipped Bitcoin to become the crypto asset with the highest trading volume, uh, roughly $25 billion in total trading volume since July 13th, suggesting investors are confident, highly confident in the token. And the rapid volume surge came after the judge ruled. Um, let's see, the trading volume of XRP pairs on centralized exchanges hit over $10 billion uh, July 13th, which deemed the biggest volume in the last one and a half years. Um, digital asset market research firm, Keiko, Keiko observed that XRP has surpassed Bitcoin. Yeah, we got that. Um, dominating, staggering 21% of all crypto trade volume. 21%. That's like a fifth of the entire market. Uh, while Bitcoin contributed 20%, Ether, the second largest crypto by market cap, made up for 8% of all that volume. And Ethereum is the second biggest crypto asset out there. So what does that tell you? At some point here, very soon, XRP's price is going to just skyrocket. And I'm not trying to pump XRP bags out there and make everyone super um, optimistic and trying to FOMO everyone into XRP. But I'm telling you, it's long overdue. You know, whatever you think about Ripple as a company, XRP is a hell of a digital asset. And it works very well. And banks really want this. In fact, you're seeing a lot of banks start to get back on board asking, when can they use it? 
When can they use the ODL, the on-demand liquidity platform? When can they use this for remittance? When can they integrate it? They, they want XRP badly. All right, that has been a trend for a very, very long time, and it's, it's nothing new. Um, it's just all been put on hold because of this lawsuit and, and the fact that they didn't know what to make of it at the time. Can't blame them for that. Um, I want to pull up Ripple's website as well. I want to give a little bit of context into what they are and what they really do. I think that's also important. <clears throat> so the business impact powered by crypto transform the way you move, manage and tokenize value. Um, Obviously, they have a huge array of partnerships with payment companies and banks and institutions, financial institutions. They've worked with governments and central banks. I remember when they first sent one of their first transactions um, in a pilot with like the Bank of England, and it took two seconds. It's like the, the world record for remittance. Um, it, it's crazy what their technology can do, and it's just absurd that it's taken so long for them to get to market. I was watching them all the way back in 2017 and they're just a baby. All right. And I, and I knew back then that they were going to be, you know, highly valuable in global markets. So they offer solutions for cross-border payments. You know, if you live like I do in, in Colombia, but you're from the U S you need to send money back and forth. You want to be able to send us dollars to Colombia and convert it from dollars to pesos, save money on exchange rate, do it super fast, not have banking delays and have to wait four or five days for confirmation. Trust me, I, I have that problem. Uh, liquidity, being able to leverage an all-in-one platform to access liquidity to power payments, treasury operations, et cetera, whether it's a company that needs a treasury that needs liquidity, um, you know, whether it's a traditional company that needs liquidity for, for payments, you know, XRP is there to help. CBDCs, whatever you think about central bank digital currencies, I'm not very optimistic on them, but they are building out a platform for them, meeting the highest security standards for central banks. It's a big deal. Um, let's see. I think you guys will be most interested in cross-border payments. That's kind of the bread and butter for XRP. Um, so what would that look like? Being able to deliver real-time global payments without tying up capital in destination markets. Their proven technology and global network enable remittances, SME payments, small business to enterprise payments, dis disbursements, treasury flows, faster, more reliable, more affordable for organizations and their customers. Should we play a video? Now we'll skip the video. You guys can pull up the video on their website. Um, why do industry leaders choose the cross-border payment solution with Ripple? You can free up working capital and eliminate pre-funding requirements, helping unlock trapped capital, offer lower cost payments, pre-negotiated FX and payout fees, provide customers with competitive last mile payment rates, enable faster payments, real-time settlement speeds up delivery, regardless of funding source or destination, expand into new markets. Seamless integration enables easy access and connection to new payout regions through premier receivers anywhere in the world, Africa, Southeast Asia, Latin America, you know, places, maybe the Middle East, places where this is really highly needed. Um, work. Well, the sending institution converts into Ripple and Ripple is the intermediary into the other currency. Then it gets received by the institution. Very simple. 
they are the intermediary that the financial world needs. Um, you know, they're, they're operating in Europe, Brazil, India, Indonesia, Australia, Poland, the U.S., of course, Turkey, Thailand, Sri Lanka, Mexico, Pakistan, Philippines, Vietnam, Malaysia, you, you name it. They're, they're everywhere. Colombia, too. They just recently formed a partnership with the Central Bank of Colombia, the Banco de la República. So, yeah, that is XRP. That is Ripple. That is who they are. That is what they do. Um, a little bit more on the, the court case. I'm just going to kind of monologue here, so bear with me. It sets a tremendous precedent for the industry. Like right now, for example, we know there are a ton of uh, spot ETFs for Bitcoin that are trying to get filed. I talk about them every day. You might get sick of it, but they're really, really important. When you have a $9 trillion asset manager like BlackRock saying that they believe in Bitcoin, and you have Larry Fink coming out and saying that Bitcoin is the future global currency of the world, you, you start to fucking listen for real. And these ETFs are not, it's not just BlackRock. It's other massive, massive asset managers and firms and, and hedge funds and companies, people, uh, groups like Fidelity, Vanek, um, Wisdom Tree. Uh, you, you, you name it. I can't honestly name them all. Um, but th there's um, half a dozen or more already filed with the SEC. And as of today, they're inputted into the federal register, which likely means that the SEC is going to start the approval process as soon as tomorrow. That could mean that over the coming weeks, maybe even over the coming days, if everything goes very well, that these Bitcoin ETFs, not just one of them, and I'm almost 100% certain BlackRock will get their Bitcoin ETF. I'll be shocked if they don't. But most of these assets managers, if not all of them following BlackRock's lead, will probably get their Bitcoin ETF too. And the SEC could approve these in mass, not just one by one. Like they could say all eight of these are good to go in one day. And then the other flip side to that is it might only take a week or two for it to actually start trading. That's crazy. And that kind of an instrument drives a tremendous amount of capital inflow into industries like this because they feel like they have the ability to take a share of something and earn profit, earn revenue, earn a dividend without having to invest in the actual asset and get their hands dirty that way. Because it is more complicated. There's a lot more steps involved if you want to just buy Bitcoin straight up. I would just buy Bitcoin, but for a large institution, with billions and billions of dollars, trillions, in BlackRock's case, at their disposal, and most some of it liquid too, they're going to want to go through traditional routes like this because it's just safer for them. But it's the same thing. They're still investing in Bitcoin in an aspect. Um, that's going to drive the price of Bitcoin beyond what you can ever imagine. Now, will that centralize the space? Will that cause problems and hiccups? Maybe down the line, possibly. But honestly, as long as Bitcoin's inflationary rate continues to decrease and Bitcoin becomes more scarce, the value is going to go up regardless of institutional involvement. I think this just skyrockets Bitcoin's potential and really brings Bitcoin to the mainstream for the first time and, and solidifies that relevancy. But even beyond Bitcoin, you know, this is good for the crypto industry in general, because with Ripple winning this, um, particular case with the sec 
it's a watershed moment where we, for the first time in the history of crypto, we have clarity on whether or not crypto tokens other than Bitcoin are considered a security or not. We're going to talk about that in a second. I have a quick message from our sponsor, Nitro Betting. Nitro Betting takes your desire for anonymity very seriously and allows you to play without the need to worry about identity checks and personal information. It's a betting site, not an investment site. So you should be able to just have fun. As a top trust trusted Bitcoin betting site, Nitro Betting has got your back. So even though we talk all this hype about the ETFs and Bitcoin and Ripple and tokens and all these things, take a break. Go to Nitro Betting. Have some fun, guys. Go spin spin a spin the dice around. Bet on a sports book. Hell, you can bet on Call of Duty and, and Rocket League and crypto. Go do it. Go have some fun. All right. Back to the episode, guys. So the watershed moment that we're talking about with Ripple beating the SEC, making crypto tokens classified, at least for now, as not securities tokens or securities at all, really opens up the space so that you can do things like an Ethereum ETF. You can do a Cardano ETF at spot, not just leverage, at spot. Um, maybe even a Ripple ETF. It, the whole grayscale fund can also convert to an ETF now. More likely, it has an easier route to get there. You open up so many financial tools, not just for Bitcoin, but for the whole crypto market. You're going to see money pouring in from all different directions. You're not even going to understand what hit the market. You're talking about overall this market having a trillion dollar market cap. With most of that being Bitcoin, you know, when Bitcoin's closer towards its top. Is going to be a multi-trillion dollar market. And like I've talked about many times, gold has close, like gold, physical gold has close to a $10 trillion market cap globally. Bitcoin should be $10 trillion itself or bigger. It should be. With this kind of mainstream adoption and the money coming in, Bitcoin should be $10 trillion in market cap or bigger. The whole market cap of crypto should be very similar or bigger than that too, because you're talking about all these assets can, that can do different things. Ripple itself could be a trillion dollar asset. It's very valuable what that technology is. XLM, a competitor to XRP, could very well be the same. Ethereum, the leading blockchain smart contract DApp platform in the world, should be a few trillion dollars in market cap, assuming that's the one everyone wants to continue going to and building on. Cardano, Polkadot, Solana, there's a lot of options out there, a lot of good chains that could be worth billions, if not have at least a trillion dollar market cap, if it's a go-to for the majority of the world market at some point. And they'll probably be by industry. There'll be a lot of chains. And I think a lot of chains will specify which industries they probably best fit, whether it's fashion, whether it's supply chain, whether it's food and beverage, whether it's um, entertainment, music, art, et cetera. Uh, the sporting world, it, it'll be very vast, very, very vast. And there's a lot of money in each of those fields. So again, this whole episode is mostly about Ripple and XRP, but it's more about the watershed moment and the landmark decision that has been created that is going to allow this market to explode. We all anticipate Bitcoin to run up in price before the 2024 uh, Bitcoin halving and by 2025 to be peaking in a new bull market. The reality is with this kind of money coming in, this kind of capital, that thing could change very quickly. And we could see that by the end of 2023. 
And I believe Bitcoin's going to reach its all-time high by the end of 2023 or the beginning of 2024, simply because of what's happening right now. Unless something disastrous occurs, I think that's what's going to happen. And I think XRP, XLM, a lot of other crypto tokens, uh, altcoins in general, they exist on a three-year cycle. Much different than Bitcoin, which controls the market, but altcoins move very predictably in about a three-year period. And specifically for XLM and XRP, which are very closely tied together, they do pretty much the same thing and both are almost um, indistinguishable in terms of the tech and how good they are. Always perform between November and December every three years. Last time was November, December of 2020. Before that, it was November, December of 2017. We are in 2023. In about four or five months, we'll be in November, December time. So in about four or five months, on a technical chart, you should see XRP and XLM go to new all-time highs. That is not financial advice. That is just my opinion on what I see. And you know, I, I will do another episode very soon, and I will talk about that in depth. But go look at the charts. Because it is true. It does happen. And I think that we're scaling up to that event and it's coming very, very rapidly. Anyways, guys, thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this episode. It's very important what is happening right now in the industry. It is important what's happening in finance in the world right now. This is a historical period of time. Here in 2023, in July, July 13th, being maybe one of the most important days in all of crypto and one of the most intriguing days in the history of finance, at least recent modern finance. Um, so enjoy what's going on, guys. Appreciate it because once we go up, we're never coming back down. And these moments don't last forever. Um, and the world is changing very rapidly. So thank you guys for taking the time to listen to the episode. Make sure to like, comment, engage, and subscribe to the show wherever you prefer to listen. Quick final uh, post-roll announcement from our sponsor nitro betting then we'll wrap this up nitro betting gives you so many options to bet like i've talked about before uh and to wager and to play with a really deep sports book from the nfl to the nba to nhl mlb mma to motorsports to elon musk versus mark zuckerberg to poker to blackjack to esports to rocket league to call of duty there's plenty of diversity and choice so for, for you to take your crypto and go have fun. So go to nitrobetting.eu to experience everything they have to offer. All links are in the description below. Again, thank you guys for listening to the episode and I will talk to you guys again very soon. See you in the next episode.